0: Welcome back to Failing to Succeed in this penultimate episode of the season with me, Louise Stevenson. And this was actually the first episode that I ever recorded. So when I had the idea for the podcast, I knew straight away that I wanted this next guest on. She said yes without hesitation because she's an incredible coach who loves to champion people. Louise Hedges, yep, we share her name, is a wonderful coach working with CEOs to train and coach people to lead a company. She's the founder of PIP development, which stands for people inspiring people. And that is certainly what Louise does. Instead of talking about all her successful businesses, which include a company she sold to Salesforce, I asked her if she could tell us about one that had failed. Because in this podcast, we're interested in the journey, the part that didn't go to plan. So here's me and Louise talking failure. How you doing? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Good. So we we met through the Spark Connection, which was set up by the lovely Glenda Marchand, which is a coaching supper club for women. So you go, you have a lovely dinner, wine, and then you meet a coach. And that's how we met. We were on the same table. Great evening. It was so wonderful. Yeah, really, really good. And... Um, What I thought about you, because then after that we went on to do some coaching sessions, I always thought that you were really, really great at getting to the tough, difficult questions that I was always putting off or like knew that they were there, but didn't want to answer them or didn't want to fully recognize that I had something at the back of my mind that, you know, I just... uh, I wasn't quite sure how to tackle. I always thought you were really, really good at pinpointing that, recognising that, and just pushing me to answer those difficult questions.
1: Well, thank you. I think every human being has those difficult questions that they put off answering, sometimes for many, many years. I don't think you are unusual in, in that. I mean, it's something which is part of the human condition, right?
0: Yeah, for sure, definitely. Always trying to run away from the hard bit. So if we just take a step back and look at one of your previous companies, Digital Native Media, do you want to chat me through that a little bit, how that started and progression?
1: Yeah, so it was back in the heady days of 2012, so way back in the day, and if you can imagine, I don't know if you remember when the first iPad came out, and just the level of excitement that, that there was around that, and how in love we all were with what the sexy pill of tech it was. I met this very gifted tech person called Rebecca Billingsley, who uh, is still a great mate of mine, and... We decided we. She was working for a media owner, a contract publishing company at that point, and we decided, hey, you know, this is going to be a fantastic platform. I don't know if you remember the iPad, but it, on the opening, uh, it had a sort of bookshelf that you could fill with with magazines and so it was it came as the opening package and we were very excited by this we both love magazines still do so we decided we would start a contract magazine publishing business completely digital using this wonderful new technology and we were super excited by it yeah Yeah. obviously didn't quite go as we planned but there we are
0: you've come up with the idea you've got rebecca on board Mm. where do you go next
1: So we put together a really simple sales strategy, which which was about contacting the next level down of, so people who didn't already, where where the barriers to entry, if you wanted a print magazine was so high that the brand really wouldn't have been able to afford to have its own magazine, but had a strong brand and we felt could really benefit from what, what was it kind of? sort of nascent e-commerce platform at that point. So we just thought that it really had some legs and that was the strategy. And we 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 put together a very simple simplified magazine offer, templated, you know, super simple, and reached out to these brands. Do you want to know where it went wrong? Yeah. (laughs) Shall I get straight to that? Um, so so the sales strategy, I think, was probably wrong, um, simply because the brands that we reached out to were not magazine au fait. They hadn't already, they hadn't had the pain of how much a print magazine costs. So they had a simpler marketing strategy than a customer magazine. But that wasn't the primary problem. The primary problem was that what we hadn't realised was quite well really the apple they hadn't really thought through the platform at all so they were charging a 30% commission rate That's and they huge. all well, she's just like
0: absolutely huge
1: yeah their rankings really meant that newspapers always came first and therefore the discoverability was on the floor. Oh, and of course, um, Apple was keeping all of the customer data. So, you know, you might have a magazine, okay. I don't know, let's say a glasses company, you know, but they want to gather data about their potential customers to be able to use that for further marketing. But Apple was creaming off all of that data, charging 30%. Discoverability was rubbish. Um, And that
0: customer base is really, really important to a business, especially when you're small and you're starting out, you need that data in order to keep marketing to them and keep getting repeat sales.
1: Absolutely. I mean, that was one of the most valuable parts of having a contract magazine, as you all know. It's data and relationship. It's a way of delivering content which enriches the life of the reader. And in exchange for that, they want to get closer to the brand. So, you know, it was a great idea. We were very passionate about it. We had a lot of fun coming up with it. We had a great logo. You know, Rebecca was technically ace. And those
0: are all the exciting parts as well at the start, where you get to build the brand and uh, talk about fonts and colors and
1: what it's going to look like. Absolutely. And your mind gets dragged into the detail, like, you know, should our logo be pink? You know, you (laughs) think afterwards, you think, what on earth was I thinking about? There are much more bigger, important things. You know, is this the right platform? Is Apple interested in this as a platform or is it just a way of communicating what the iPad could do Mm. Um, and we soon found out and the customers that didn't take us up on our proposition were entirely correct not to do so
0: and so you must have got some customers on board then
1: no oh no man oh right no (laughs) No. simply because when you start we start writing proposals and people are very interested and then you start drilling into uh, what the return on investment is and the return on investment is all about the data right and uh, it's all mm-hmm. about the, the subs and if you haven't got a sub because Apple is taking 30% yeah. the, the ROI numbers and the business case was really difficult it had to be a, an Instinctive gut reaction purchase, not a rational one. And what I found quite quickly is that most business people are quite rational in their decision making, (laughs) and and we should have done more homework.
0: (laughs) And so, how much time? investment would you say you put into that Louise before you realize "Mm, this is maybe not the right the right path
1: well I think that was the other failing point actually because if I had gone all in and said right I'm going to give this nine months I always say that starting a new business is like having a baby it's a nine month process and you can't expect to make any money during that time so you've got to have a way of living and surviving and you've also got to give it 100% of your body and mind, you know, you've you've, you've got to be all in
0: such a good analogy.
1: Yeah. yeah well that if you think about that as an analogy that there, there are the stages of pregnancy and birth you know and of course the initial idea is the is the really fun bit uh, all the way through to kind of growing the child as it were you know and yeah. and truth be told we got sucked in by a technology which was super sexy anyway that's the, that's the story the other problem the other reason it failed because if i'd gone it all in for nine months we would have to have pivoted our 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 offer Mm. to make it more viable we would have to have done that but because we were both doing it alongside other jobs and it was just it was more like a sort of a side gig
0: Mm.
1: I think people talk about side gigs all of the time now and it's a thing
0: Mm, but
1: actually it makes business success much less likely
0: because you're not concentrating and giving it your own.
1: Yes. And that, that I think, stops you from being both intellectually and emotionally flexible. And as an entrepreneur, you have to have that intellectual and emotional flexibility because problems will happen. And I think that what we didn't have was the bandwidth or the, you know, there were easier ways of making money at that time. doesn't mm-hmm. mean that that if we hadn't given it everything, we couldn't have pivoted to a way of making it fantastic. But we didn't.
0: But also smart that you guys went to a couple of businesses, they said no. And then I guess you guys would have regrouped and said, why are these people saying no? Kind of looked at the strategy, looked at the offer from Apple, which wasn't actually great at all in hindsight. And then said, "Okay, we're going to stop putting our resources into this because there's so many people that would have. I guess, just being so strong-minded or a bit too, you know, stuck on their idea. No, this is a great idea. I'm going to keep going with this. I'm going to keep running. So I think it's really smart to have pulled away from it as well.
1: Well, I I mean, thank you for that. you know I, i'm an executive coach and a trainer so so i meet with a lot of entrepreneurs all the time i coach a lot of entrepreneurs and I, and I met this one guy years back and he said you know the thing is is to you know um start with an idea and then fail fast you know
0: mm-hmm. that's and, a buzzword isn't it in the industry that feel fast
1: yeah yeah and i just don't buy it i just don't buy it you know think carefully have a good idea okay if it's not going to go right then not it into touch but don't test don't 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 give part of your life to things that in your heart you know are never going to work just because somebody's prepared to give you a 100 grand because you might be the next big thing, you know, or a million pounds because you might not be the big. So I just think try to succeed at every stage. So stress test your idea. I always thought at that point that Apple eventually would, would, would change its percentage because it wasn't going to sell any. I thought that they would in, improve their discoverability. That wouldn't have been particularly hard for them if they were serious about it. Mm. You know, I thought that because Apple was such a sexy brand, that if they were going to do it, they would do it right and so I don't think that I buy the you know it doesn't matter if you fail yeah. it does matter you know try not to fail <laughs>
0: yeah exactly that's the whole point we're trying to learn from our failures so we don't do them again
1: <laughs> yes yeah but I, and I think that's one of the things that you're very good at is this idea of, of learning as much as you can about other businesses so that you know that becomes your lived experience um, yeah, you know so sure. it's, it's, you know we stand on the shoulders of giants all of us and I think that if you can learn how other people succeeded and failed then yeah. there's no need to repeat that mistake you know
0: yeah there's a lot to be said for your own failures as well though right because you learn a lot more from the things that you go through personally than someone that somebody else has told you not to do I guess as well
1: yes I mean I think that that's true but I also think that that the intelligent person learns by by looking and watching other people you know you you know remember the days when we used to go out on the town and you know have have friends in bars and stuff you know you see the girl out who's accidentally Wearing the black bra under the under the white shirt, you know, you know that was just stupid, right? You know, unless it was on purpose, you
0: know. I love
1: it. I love it. They don't make stupid mistakes, I suppose. Is there?
0: So you guys tried it. It didn't work out. What happened after that? Did you go back to your day job?
1: Yes, and Rebecca is is massively popular in what she does highly successful. And so you know, people were asking her to do magazines the old fashioned way. And buy new platforms that didn't require Apple, where they could actually make some money, yeah. and so she's she's still doing that, and is incredibly successful and my business was was always you know leadership and commercial skills training and coaching yeah. and and I've now got a little group of coaches that work with me and you know there's that that market is very much growing so you know you, yeah. your, your time gets sucked up where you're being successful and you're getting traction.
0: Yeah for sure so you have got the business coaching platform which I wanted to touch on as well because I know we're learning from our failures but you have had a great success as well with one of your businesses that you sold on what do you think you learned from the one that had failed that you then applied to the one that was successful and that you sold so that you didn't fail again I
1: think it's quite interesting if you look at marketing used to be like the four p's do you remember you know price product. you know now it's about 11 I think (laughs) And and I I think it does come down to keeping it really simple, but looking at the things that really create traction or stop traction. So uh, one of the P's with my failed business would have been the partners that we were operating with. So Apple weren't interested in us. They weren't interested in that marketplace. It wasn't what they wanted to do. So we misunderstood. We misunderstood their their intentions uh, and what their strategy was. Yeah. And so I think that if you're going to rely on suppliers and partners, make sure that they've got the same goals and intentions that you have.
0: That's great. Um, Yeah, yeah. that's fantastic. Because I guess we get so sidetracked with what we are doing being the most important thing to us. We can sometimes think, well, of course, it's going to be the most important thing to everyone because this is what they should be focusing on. This is going to make loads of money or be successful. But we forget that everyone's got their own version of success or their own goal that they're working towards so we're not always aligned I think
1: absolutely that that alignment is the is what's going to create the traction in the end I think that if if more people are are focused in on it and the difficulty I think with entrepreneurs is that we we see business opportunities everywhere Everywhere. so literally you can walk you're walking down the street and you've seen three things that that you could start a business in Um,
0: yeah every day every day your your mind is ticking over isn't it constantly yeah
1: absolutely and it's just hard not to see those opportunities and get sort of carried away so with my group of of executive coaches that work with me now you know all of them are people who I know intimately and have the same values the same priorities want the same things and work in the same way because that means that I'm not going to be reliant On the equivalent of an apple who is completely different
0: great yeah I love that and so did you kind of meet them throughout your career or how did you guys come together how did you know these are the people that I want in my business working alongside me
1: Well, because it's executive coaching, I think that the way that I've done that is by deep knowledge of those people over a very long period of time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that I'm with Eleanor Roosevelt who said, you know, people, well, she said women are like tea bags. You only know how strong they are by putting when they put in hot water, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think that the executive coaches that I work with now and the people that I partner with now are people that I've known in hot water, you know.
0: I love that. That's so good, because you definitely see people's strengths when they're up against it, isn't it?
1: Yes, I mean, I think that it's okay to be overextended and, and to be uh, to be pushed out of your comfort zone. And I think the last year has pushed some of us so far out of our comfort zone that we've become damaged by that. So... Mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to suggest that we judge people just by the hard times that they've been through because some people respond differently to that but I think if it's difficult as opposed to catastrophic situations then that's an interesting way of evaluating whether or not you have the same values and the same priorities and the same habits yeah,
0: yeah. for sure and Just before, when we were chatting, you actually mentioned something that I thought was great. And you said that the last year has taught you to diversify your clients as well because when Covid hit obviously a lot of a lot of people kind of got scared and stopped spending didn't they?
1: Yes absolutely and it's interesting we have to learn the same lessons don't we over and over again in life We and, and you forget a lesson and then suddenly it bites you in the bum again and you remember it <laughs> so back in when was the financial crisis 2008 that was a mm. horrific that was dreadful and I was very heavily over Exposed at that point in terms of publishing. Mm. And, you know, my history was in publishing and I love magazines and all that sort of stuff. So it was very overexposing. 2008, Google was ripping uh, the, the profitability out of that marketplace. The trend was always on the down. And so I diversified and pivoted very well, actually, even if I do say so myself, into tech agencies, which again, they're filled with intelligent. Articulate, interesting people, which is my favorite kind of client. Mm. So that worked really, really well. But then, you know, you become overexposed to tech agencies, and uh, mm. um, then the pandemic hits. And as I said to you before, 100, 100, 100 grand's worth of business um, perspo- postponing, she said in inverted commas, in oh, one day. So you know, that's. Silly,
0: oh, man. <laughs> oh, it's the worst.
1: So I'm very pleased that there's now a vaccine. I tell you, but we, you know, we're we're doing okay now, right? You know, it, right. most sectors are, are starting to bounce back. In some sectors, I think some sectors are over trading on the people's time. You know, yeah. So they're very very busy and they're not they're too frightened to hire.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we just had no idea what was coming our way or what we were getting into kind of March 2020. And so it's been interesting to see what has developed over the last year and kind of people have realised that, okay, I need a roadmap, I need a plan, because if this lasts a bit longer, I still need a way to make money. It's not just a thing that's going to come and
1: go. I think you're right I think you're right and I think that 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 period of time when we were all in a bit of crisis at the beginning of lockdown one particularly in my sector which is a lot of executive (coughs) coaching even my coach who you know is a published author is top of her game she's a fantastic executive coach and she was doing free coaching with people well you know I had to have words because we can't you can't compete with free you know it's a no. terrible price point <laughs> you know and so yeah, yeah. Well, so we have to get and we did quickly get to a place where we'd supported the people that needed to be supported but we were back to you know being business people i think it's yeah. easy to forget that
0: yeah of course definitely now you've got pep development which is yeah. a consultant
1: agency. We, we we call ourselves really career makers.
0: Oh, I love that career oh, makers. That's yeah. fantastic. Is that your so job I,
1: title? <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. I, don't, I, just, That's I, I Excellent. It's people inspiring people, mm. and it's about helping professionals to make money and be happy. You know, we spend too long, too many years and hours at our work not to bring our best selves to it that often there are so many double binds that stop people being what they need to be and my job is to help them find a way of being both successful and happy at work that's
0: amazing that's that's the dream isn't it successful and happy
1: yes but I don't know why that should be just the dream I think I think all of us have a right to contribute something to the world Make a difference and be allowed to be happy to do that. And and that could be huge or small. I
0: love that. Oh, that's excellent. Oh, thank, thank you. you. So much, Louise. That's fantastic. So pip development reminds me, if we want to get some amazing coaching sessions, how do we contact you? Pipdevelopment.co. Pipdevelopment.co.
1: Hit me up with an email or or, or contact me via LinkedIn and that's that's easy peasy. That would be That's very nice of you. Thank you very much for that.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on. You've been amazing. There's like amazing insights in there. Good, what well, a experience. So nice seeing you again. If you want to listen to more episodes of Failing to Succeed, check us out on Spotify or iTunes, or go to failingtosucceed.co.uk.